You are listening to Figuring Shit Out with Dr. Nikki Naradin, where you can finally get yourself out of that state of confusion. Confusion is the stealer of dreams and move into some clarity so that you can really like live your passion, your hope, your dream, anything you ever wanted. It's all possible. You could feel better really, really quickly. All right. Enjoy the episode. Hey, 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 everybody. It's Dr. Nikki here. You're a bonus mama, kind of the wind beneath your wings while you're trying to figure shit out. And we are figuring shit out together, which is so amazingly awesome. And I love doing it. I love thinking and helping you think about what you'd love to do in your future, the passions that you have, the kind of relationships that you see yourself in, the kind of person you are and would love to become all of it. And it's such an exciting time to do it. And a really difficult time, a time fraught with a lot of unknowns and a lot of feelings of not enoughness, that's for sure. So I usually like to start the episode with the young adult commitment. And I call it a young adult commitment just because I see that it is a commitment about moving your life forward and being really hopeful about the possibilities in the future. But honestly, I think this is a commitment for everybody. We are all evolving. That is our only job in this world. We cannot help but evolve. We get older, things change, life changes, unexpected things happen. You see the world at this moment now is very different than the world 100 years ago. So many things are shifting and changing. And whether we want to admit it or not, it is happening. And so we might as well figure out what we want in the process as opposed to let the unfolding and changing happen to us in ways that we might not want. Now, whatever does happen is probably okay too, just a part of the journey. And so there is no reason to fight the inevitable or fight what it is that is happening. But it's pretty great to somehow envision a future that you want and kind of set up your vibration and your goals and everything that you believe will lead you in that direction that way. And we're going to learn quite a bit more about what I call the self-coaching model. I am life coach school certified. I have a couple of other certifications, but uh, my teacher, Brooke Castillo, actually teaches the self-coaching model, which is really just kind of a a way in which the universe works, but it's laid out in such an easy, understandable, fun way that I, I think for all of us, and like I said, I consider myself a scientist, although being a doctor isn't necessarily a lot about science, but more about more about art and observation and listening. But uh, but this is something that I've understood from the beginning and have found really easy to teach and make sense of. But we're going to start off with the commitment. And if you can, just to write this down or record yourself saying this, again, I'm not a person who loves positive affirmations because it has to be something you believe. But But this is your birthright. This is something that actually we all get to have. And any thoughts that we have that contradict this particular thing means that something has come in early on, whether it be from our family of origin or society or 
how we're born into this world, race, class, religion, or whatever, whatever the information was that came in that we internalized and decided was true. But this commitment is truly what everybody as a person born in this universe, and it is so lucky to be born, what you need to actually have happened for thousands and thousands of years in order to be born into this iteration is miraculous. It's like one to the trillion. I don't even know the exact number. The, the number is so, so high. And here you are, born, born into this particular body, in this particular world, this particular iteration, and here you are. So if you're listening to this podcast, you probably have some resource, some insight, some ability to decide something about your fate and your future. And even if you don't, you get to decide what you're going to think on purpose. And then when you decide that on purpose, you can make whatever changes you need to make. But anyway, I digress. So think about this commitment as the direction in which you're going, the roadmap to hedge you where you want to be, because it is so hopeful and so helpful. And then I'm going to give you all of the tools that you need to get there. And you're going to get there and things will get better and they'll get better fairly quickly. So the commitment is, I joyfully promise, and I'm putting my hand to my heart here, from this moment on to never give up my dreams and goals. I choose to remember always that the whole world is mine to explore and I need never be alone in figuring it out and making it just right. That I was born worthy and lovable without condition and whatever brought me to this place is just the journey to my present and future self and not the sum total of who I am or who I will become. It leaves so much room open for the possibilities. It allows us to move forward in what I said is our birthright. We were born with the ability, or at least the attempted ability, to go after our dreams and our goals and to explore the world, and to try to figure it out, and to make one that makes sense to us and for the people around us. Anyway, I'm going to make cards for this, and I'm just going to start handing them out to people. And combined with this, and like I said, I'm not into positive affirmations, because if you don't believe it, you don't believe it, and that's okay. This is just your roadmap to getting to what you might believe about it, and you can pick out whatever part you want to believe about it. And then we've been going through A Course in Miracles, which I've kind of loved. And the Course in Miracles just kind of reinforces something, reinforces something about what we see not necessarily being the truth. And again, you know that this is a possibility because everybody is seeing everything differently and everybody has grabbed onto their own truth. So you might as well, if you can suspend belief or suspend the idea that everything you think and believe is the absolute reality and sum total of who you are, if you can suspend it, then you leave a little bit of space for you to believe and think something different, something that's probably equally as true if you give it the opportunity to be, and something that actually will propel 
whatever you want for your life forward. And this is the only control we have. We don't control anybody else. We don't control a lot of the circumstances around us, although we desperately try. And if I could control other people, I would be really famous, rich, and I I don't even know if I'd want to. I kind of, I kind of like other people and their thinking. And actually the, the only reason why I try to control them is that I don't want to feel bad. And so I feel like if I can control everything around me and the people around me, then I won't have to feel bad, but you end up spending a lot of your energy controlling that. Anyway, so lesson four in A Course in Miracles actually goes to thoughts, which is something that we've been talking about. So originally the first three lessons were really about not believing what you see. So you see something and you are not ascribing it any particular ranking of importance, that this is just as important as that. And this is just as not important as that. And that means that you get to decide how important things are or not, which is pretty great because there are some things that people think are absolutely horrible and other people don't think are important. So you get to choose like, do I like the reason why I think that's important? Is that reason somehow based in some early triggers or early events that have shaped and affected my life? Or do I not want this and I'm not liking what it's creating and making for me either in my mind and belief system or what I have in my life at the moment? So lesson four is these thoughts do not mean anything. They're like the things that I see in the room or on the street or from the window or in this place or whatever. So you're bringing it to your thoughts and you're going to watch your thoughts in that same way that you were watching the things around you. You're going to watch them float by because we have 40,000 of them a day and many of them will be offered up as something that you might want to react to or have a feeling about or whatever it is. And you get to look at them all and ascribe them no particular significance. Don't decide if they're good or if they're bad. Don't use it as an opportunity to beat yourself up or wonder why you have it or what, whatever. All you're doing is you are just assessing. You're looking. You're not judging. Because when you can look more objectively at whatever you're thinking and not ascribe it anything in particular, you get to look from an outside perspective as opposed to being deeply involved in it and going down whatever spiral you go down based on whatever thought affects you in some way, which means that the thoughts won't necessarily affect you. So remember we talked about the thoughts actually creating the feelings. Okay. And so this is that self-coaching model that I talked about. And a couple of episodes, again, we talked about circumstances being neutral, meaning, and we see that at the first couple of lessons from A Course in Miracles, that everything around us is kind of neutral until we ascribe a thought to it. And then once we ascribe a thought to it, then we have a feeling about it. So the way the self-coaching model goes is you've got the circumstance completely neutral, something that you can actually like prove in a court of law, like my hair is brown. Although some people might think it is brown or isn't brown. You could fight over stuff like that. You know, if there's a tree in front of you, you know, if uh, this building is made out of brick, I, I don't know, something that you definitely cannot, not dispute on some level. I'm sure everything can be disputed, but not dispute. And then whatever it is that you see causes a thought in your brain. Remember, thought is just a sentence in your brain. And then each thought will create a feeling. And a lot of people don't actually believe. They they believe that the feeling is just something that comes up. But usually if you dig deeper into what you're feeling, you will find a thought that's related to it. Like, you know, if you're feeling scared, like 
let me let me give you a situation the other day. Um, so my daughter, who is a young adult, is in Peru. She's traveling through Peru. And all of a sudden, there was a revolution that was happening around her in the countryside where she was. She was in a small town um, outside of Cusco called Pisac, which is Sacred Valley. And it turns out that the president that was in power was either impeached or overthrown and the vice president took over. And this president was from the countryside. And the people in the countryside were the people that were protesting this president being dismounted or whatever you say about impeached. I don't know what they say about a president in Peru. And then all of a sudden my daughter had found herself in the middle of that. And so I was calling her and she was in a youth hostel at that point. And in that youth hostel, they had to be really quiet because for some reason, if the protesters thought that there were people either living places or people buying in establishments that they were adding to the economy in some way, and they would come in and either loot the place or disrupt whatever's going on. I'm not sure. So I'm sitting there like worried about my daughter, which I think a lot of people might be worried. It's a very unstable situation, kind of unknown. She's stuck in the middle of this small town. All the roads are blocked in that small town. They were blowing up roads from what I understand. And she had to get out of the small town so that she could head to the nearest city where there was an airport, which at that point was closed in order to be airlifted or chartered home if the embassy felt like they needed to actually take, you know, the, the foreign citizens out of that particular area. So she couldn't stay in the small town she was in. And so I had her share her location with me and she basically had to climb straight up this mountain. So I'm thinking my daughter is traversing a mountain to get to the other side, which they figured out how to do, her and her friend. And then there was some said person on the other side on a road. Now, we don't know which people, but there were cab drivers that would pick them up on this road and take them to this town of Cusco, which had an airport if and when the airport opened. So I am watching her traverse this mountain on my GPS satellite tracking whatever. And mind you, my daughter is also sick. She had really bad traveler's diarrhea. She was really sick. She could barely move. And she is still traversing this mountain, gets to the other side, gets into a cab. The other thing that was going on is she had no data. So basically I'm watching a satellite, but she also can't get in contact with me because the stores were closed. So she couldn't buy any more data. And then she's on this road and I'm watching this cab. Now I don't know this cab driver. I don't know this person. I don't know where they met them. I don't know how much they paid. I don't know if they were extorted or not, but again, all these thoughts going through my head. And I see the cab moving through the countryside on this road that looked like it was the correct road headed to this town of Cusco. Now, at some point in the middle of the ride, now imagine I am staring at this GPS for a good, oh my God, it must have been at least an hour. And then at some point we lost the satellite and it wasn't moving anymore. And my thought at that moment is somebody blocked the cab, ripped them out of it, and was doing something awful to my daughter. And I kept that thought in my head in order to drive myself absolutely crazy because my, feel my feeling at that point was absolute terror. 
which I had zero control over. And instead, I could have thought, oh my God, they're driving through the mountains. She probably lost the satellite. My daughter is extremely capable. She has gotten this far. She traversed the mountain. She will be okay. And I couldn't think that thought. I thought this other thought, but I could have chosen either one. Now, most people and most, most mamas would probably say, well, of course you thought that thought, but I didn't have to. And Lily's dad at the time was not thinking that thought. He was thinking some other different thought, like, oh, Lily is so capable, she'll get there. And then at some point, you know, her satellite came back, she was moving, heading in the right direction. But every time it veered even a little bit, I had that awful thought until she actually got there. So anyway, so the thought will always create the feeling. And my feeling was terror. But when I was mining for a thought there, the thought was, you know, somebody abducted them and was doing horrible things to my daughter. And I didn't have to think that thought. And I think we go through that all the time. I mean, every time we're thinking about anything, like what is the worst case scenario, we must be thinking about it in order to make us scared or to make us feel shameful or to make us feel inactive or whatever it is that the feeling is. So we've got the circumstance, which is neutral. So my daughter is, you know, in a cab heading to Cusco. The thought, which was not a very good thought for me, was her car was being obstructed. And well, so maybe the circumstance was the satellite or I couldn't get the signal anymore or whatever it was. The signal wasn't coming in. The thought was that they were abducted and horrible things were happening and the feeling was absolute terror. All right. So the next part of the self-coaching model, which is really interesting, is that based on that feeling, we take action or inaction, so to speak. So a feeling will always cause an action. So at that point, when I was absolutely terrified, my inaction was I couldn't even move. And then the other actions were my head was spinning. I kept thinking all thoughts, but I wasn't doing anything productive at that point. I was just spinning and doing whatever. And then I started to eat because that definitely made me feel better. And I was eating chocolate, which probably isn't really good you know, but with the spinning, whatever, your action will always give you results. So, so the thought that you have is always related to the result that you get. So my thought was she is being abducted or something terrible is happening. And the result was, is that I was doing terrible things to myself. So I wasn't helping her, but I was actually beating myself up, my mind up, my body up, and then doing things that were not very good for me in order to to make myself feel better so that I wouldn't feel terror anymore. Now, I could have just decided to think a different thought and then practice that different thought because the original thought I had, you know, about her being abducted and horrible things happening wasn't really a thought that I think often. I'm not like a particularly worrisome person. So I could have, but I, I didn't at that point. And that's okay. What I'm saying here is that, you know, as you go through the self-coaching model, circumstances being neutral, you have a thought related to that circumstance, that thought will create some kind of feeling and that feeling will propel you into some kind of action. And then that action will give you the results mostly related to the thoughts. Now you can go through this and I do, I go through this every day, you know, where I'm taking a thought. So I do these thought downloads and I take these thoughts and then I run that model on myself. Ooh, 
I don't, I don't know if I like that thought or not. I'll take a thought that I don't particularly like, you know, one that I've written down in my thought download that I do in the morning for three minutes. And then I'll, I'll run through it. I'll be like, oh, how does that make me feel? Like, what kind of actions or inactions do I take? Remember, those inactions are things that we're not doing in order to make things go well or life go better you know, and then what results do I have? So the reason why I bring you through this model is that the great thing about this model is that I find that it is always true, especially when you're doing thought mining, okay, that you can always find the thought and see what feelings create. And then you can work up and down this model any way you want. You can get your result. And then you can decide what what thought is getting me this result. Like, you know, like I gained five pounds. You know, what is the thought that kind of propelled me to gain this weight? You know, and it, it depends. It, it It's always that thing. So I think it's a really handy thing to have this particular self-coaching model in order for you to understand what it is that you have in your life and the results that you have and to kind of trace it back to the thoughts that you are thinking at the time. And remember that those thoughts are not necessarily yours, that they are thoughts that have probably been installed or come in early on. And the reason why I love that is that we can forgive that person that ended up having these thoughts or beliefs or ideas or recordings as you like come in at a time where we were really vulnerable and where we didn't have much control. And we can always keep going back and forth between the thought, the early thought, if you want to go back early, and then what results are happening for us and then decide if we want to keep them or not. I think that's a lot for today. And I think I'm going to stop here because there is so so, so much to unpack. And like I said, it's incredibly hopeful to be able to unpack these things and decide intentionally what you want to think, which are your realer thoughts, the one that you choose, the ones that you decide will be helpful for you or not helpful for you. Not the ones that you have come across randomly, given your sets of experiences and your place in this particular world. All right. That's what I have for you guys today. The thing about, and just to remember, when you're doing um, a course in miracles and you're kind of toying with that idea of the day, the thoughts that I have are not real or something like that. I don't want you to do it for too often because there's, there's, you have to suspend belief here. You have to decide that you are suspending your belief about how much importance you put on them so that you'll be able to wiggle things around and try other things on for size. All right. So what I want you to do is if you can think about it for maybe a minute every hour or four times a day. That's about all you need to do. And there's not much that you have to do that's right or wrong. It's kind of all right. Even entertaining the idea that you're going to put that in your brain and try to figure it out is a huge contradiction to what we normally believe about our thoughts and our feelings. We usually believe that they are the sum total of who we are, how we are forced to live our lives, 
and what our results are going to be, but they are not. Okay, that's what I got for you. If you want to work with me and feel really quickly 10% better, it will not take long. You can come and do a really wonderful, very, very quick figuring shit out together consultation. And we'll see if it makes sense for us to work together. All right. I love you guys. And you got this.